Good morning. I talked about now. Now I'm talking to mute. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> she just keeps hanging around, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's okay. start over. Hold on a second. Okay. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome to 331-2022. I am Shalak Scribe, Minister of Love. Hallelujah. You are listening to Love Live Rock, Remnant Reality Radio. Praise, prayer, decree, and declare. We're going to bring Yami in, ask her to open us up in prayer, and if she's ready with her teaching, she can go for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give praise to the most high Yah. For Yah, you have given us breath this morning, and we are ready to live. And we begin our day by inviting you to be the ruler of our life, for you to walk with us and talk with us. And and, um, we desire relationship with you. We thank you that you know all things. And even though it's far beyond our understanding, if we trust, If we obey, so shall we see your your, um, wonderful way of giving us life, of causing our heart to um, return to what you intended them to be, full of your um, personality or your your nature, who you are. Because we are yours and because we belong to you, you take care of your own. Thank you for taking such good care of us and for meeting our everyday needs. And above that, knowing the plans you have for us and lining everything up. And Father, that's why we come this morning saying, we want to do our part, for you have the plan, and we want to line up and fit where we belong in, and in your whole plan of life to be doers of, of the way, the truth, and the life that only comes in you. Therefore, we give the Ruhat permission to take over and guide us through um, this service this morning, this um, time with you, this set-aside time with you. And um, let us uh, watch and be aware of your good work And so shall we be saved from our enemy because you are the greatest Elohim and you know all and you cause all things to bow down to you that there is nothing higher and nothing that can separate us from your love for us 
So, so let us continue to live and move and have our being in you. And we say, Ruhak, this morning, take over and accomplish what Yah wants. Use us, Father, to as vessels of honor. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. We're going to take a music break real quick here, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Love Live Rock, Remnant Reality Radio.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yami, do you have your teaching on prayer ready? Hallelujah, Father. Um, as I open my mouth, I ask that you feel it, and it is your anointing that breaks the yoke. So, Father, I want to be anointed on to you, connected to you, that um, I am a cod with what the Ruhat um, will speak through me this morning. So um, <clears throat> as we've been looking at starting with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, down the line, we are now in Exodus looking at the relationship that um, Moses had with Yahweh. And guess what? It's pretty similar to the whole bloodline of Abraham. Um, I I find I'm looking through the early parts um, of the probably fourth um, chapter, maybe some of the third and um, fourth going onward of Exodus and uh, seeing that prayer is a different kind of um, uh, different experience that not everyone realizes. Um, But Moses learned that prayer was a continuous relationship with his father, with the creator, the greatest Elohim. And I'm seeing um in these through these the the story of now they be had became slaves in Egypt and they had a mean Pharaoh and Pharaoh is the general um word used for whoever was the the ruler at that point. And um, the the Pharaoh involved here did not care about the conditions of Israel. He cared about his kingdom being built, and he was a hard taskmaster. He, um, you know, had them do the hard, heavy work and... Um, was going to see, you know, his kingdom built and using the the um, Israelite as slaves, hard-driven slaves. And Yah says, tells us that he heard the cry of of his people. They were miserable. This was too much, and so it was time for him to talk to Aaron about this. He he heard the cries. He knew they could not handle um, the pressures and the way they were being treated and that they have probably now realized how wonderful Yah was 
and and um, they were willing to now listen. So the chosen line, Moses, was the next, you know, uh, in the lineage because we're leading to to what lineage had a pure enough relationship with Yahweh for the Messiah to be born in. And Abraham's heart is following through, um, though not perfect, though each, each one had to work out their own salvation, a communication was so important. And they knew and trusted, they learned to know and trust that Yah knew what needed to be done next. And and I thought of, the, of where he tells us, uh, come and let us reason together. He says, so you're Though your sins be red like crimson, he'll make them white as snow. He's going to put a change in our heart. And uh, it's interesting, it's the color red, because that's the color of blood. And it's by the blood that it was the blood that paid the price that we could change. So anyhow, here's Moses taking, having his communication with Yah, which I believe was a, an all-time thing, because it's like, like your father, you know, our fathers when when they're teaching us something, they stay there and hands-on and and um, help us understand, explain, no, this is why you don't do that. That's the kind of father Yah was with Moses. And so they're reasoning together and talking about that Yah wants his people delivered. And, and here Yah says is what is going down. And Moses listened, and then Moses, humanity, I think, personality came out, and he says, well, I stutter, you know, I I don't think I should be the one to deliver this message. And yeah, because he's loved, he said, okay, your brother Aaron will let him speak, yet. He always did his communication with Moses, and Moses and Aaron would go together and speak to the people. Though it was was Aaron's voice, it was what Moses, after his prayer life, getting the directions, telling his brother Aaron what to speak to the people so that they would believe and and it says in um in um the fourth chapter the last verse 31 that the people believed 
and they heard that Yahweh had visited the sons of Israel and that he had seen their affliction. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And wow, isn't that what it's all about? As we, for me, as I see that he hears my dilemma and he's making plans to have our character be developed to handle um, living in, in Yah's kingdom and having a righteous attitude and heart. And, and um, he's always looking out for us and our future because he plans for us to be eternal. The enemy want to hurt him more than anyone. He doesn't care that much about us only to get us to do the things that would hurt the father, our father, so um, that he can handle it, though, because he's got the plan intact. And he's, um, so this is about Again, over and over, the message is our one-in-one communication is prayer. Prayer is about speaking our request and him hearing how he says what we need to do to fulfill um, the promises that he made to Abraham. And uh, he don't have to give up. He's relentless because he's real. And he has the power and authority, being the author and finisher of everything about us. Let us not um, reject his benefit, how wonderful it is to walk as Yeshua did and hear what the Father says and be doers of it. So, Father, we just um, open our hearts. And, Father, if there be any wicked ways in us, we ask you to bring judgment upon that wickedness and and pluck it out of our heart. And let us have a heart that's purified like gold to do your bid, to watch your plan unfold from beginning and to no end. Hallelujah, yeah, you have that as far as our understanding, no beginning and no end. And Melchizedek, came to my mind too um he you know the the nature of yah is revealed to us in all the the uh personalities in the word and here at this point we're looking at the lineage what yeshua is going to be born in the line that was 
um, close enough to touch base and to enter a covenant with the Most High Elohim. What a wise choice. So, so wisdom is intertwined with the whole story. And when, you know, as human beings, we go the wrong way, forgiveness is very important and confession of sin. And all this is our communication with Yah is summed up in that word prayer. There's much more. There's a prayer of healing. There's much more for us to read about and learn. But right now, we're following Moses and the um, the program Yah had to in hearing the voice of the the people who have had enough of the misery in Egypt, and they are crying out to Yah, and Yah has chosen Moses and allowed Aaron to be a part of going to Pharaoh. And tomorrow we'll look at at how that is dealt with. Our, um, the Pharaoh has to be dealt with and is by our Yah. We just got to be the tool, that he, the instrument that he plays and, and not get off key, but keep it beautiful. Because, yeah, you're the words and you're the music and you're the song that we sing and you're the melody and you're the harmony and praising your name. We will sing. We will sing that which you give us. And we will rejoice in you always because you give us a double portion of joy. And thank you that you're with us always. And you will never leave or forsake us, just like you kept your word to Abraham through all the generations unto the generation that Yeshua is born in, and more. And now, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yummy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Shalak Scribe. We are back. We're going to jump to another music break. And we will keep this rolling.
you will suffer for years to come for that, thinking it's so cool that you can take such big hits through your nose because we would take hits so big that we would actually fall face first into the floor and we would have, you know, we would literally pass out for three to five minutes. That was something that me and uh, Kugel, which I called him, Terry Cook was his name, Kugel and I used to uh, smoke like that. We were roommates. He was a lance corporal in the military, and when he went off to uh, do his uh, his tour of duty, he uh, he as a lance corporal, he was responsible for the supplies going in and out. So obviously, it was real easy for him to bring the drugs in and out of the military. So they had boatloads full of LSD and, you know, he said there was a season where he actually tripped on LSD every day for over six months. And uh, I know because I sold it and, and took it a lot that the Dane Bramage that that causes, oh my goodness, is just crazy because uh, uh I would literally, when I would take it for a day or maybe two or do a three-day run, I would feel, I mean, for lack of better terms, I'd feel stupid. I'd feel dumb. I'd feel like I was just not able to think right, you know. Uh, People would ask me a question. My response would be really, really slow. I'd have to think about everything like, you know, how you doing today? And I'd have to sit there for a minute to just give him an answer, you know? Um, so the survival of that war against myself and, and against the world, you know, hating everything and everybody so badly and living in that kind of hatred and, you know, why am I here? Why am I alive? I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. Is is something that is a reality, a, a rock bottom reality of addiction, you know. And whether people realize it or not, and that's why I want to put this out as a public service message, so to speak, to the world to hear that the long term effects of drug usage can affect you for the rest of your life. I'm 57 years old and I haven't had a cigarette or any smoking at all now since I was 23. So that means 34 years later, my body is still feeling the effects of that. And I can only imagine what it would have been like if I wouldn't have been a smoker and I wouldn't have contracted allergies because my doctor did confirm that he asked, he said, are you a smoker? And I said, no. I said, and then he said, so you do understand that, or then he asked if I was, and then I told him that I was so bad that I actually had a collapsed lung and all of that at one time. And then he said, yeah, that's, that's very common that you don't have allergies, you know, early on, but later on, 
they they creep in and uh yeah so it was a struggle for a long long time and uh you know i i wish it wasn't but i think you know the scripture makes it pretty clear there's consequences for sin and you know if this is some of the suffering or consequence that came from that sin of destroying and damaging and and really neglecting my temple, my synagogue, my tabernacle that he wanted to dwell in big time. I mean, I I believe with all my heart, Yah never wanted me to smoke. I believe with all my heart, Yah never wanted me to to do a drug. Blew with all my heart, Yah never wanted me to uh, drink alcohol. And uh, when I hear these people minimizing, rationalizing, and justifying any kind of mind or mood altering substances, as well as body damaging, I just cringe because it's like it's it's foolishness, it's wrongness, it's not cool at all. And that leads me to the rockism of the day. So here's the long answer to Scribe's question. It's got the rockism wrapped right in it. This was written on August 6, 2020. If you're not standing for rightness, by default, you're kneeling and bowing down to wrongness. Iraqism by Rock Rice. So if you think about that as a life lesson, as a rockism, which really what rockisms are is life lessons. What I've found all too often is this exact rockism is a reality. These are these are realities of right and wrong behaviors that just kind of come out and spank you. They kind of come out and slap you across the face like Will Smith did to Chris Rock, you know? Uh, this is just the way that it is. And uh, we need to stand. You know, the scripture makes it very clear uh, that we're to stand, but then to understand, well, what are we going to stand for in life? We we really have to have a reason, a purpose. And, uh, you know, we have been saying that this is a new season with the same reason, and that reason is love. And we can definitely find plenty of evidence, you know, in Scripture that will lead us into that, uh, starting with uh, Ephesians 6.11, a really good standing firm Scripture is to put on the full armor of Yah, so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the enemy, the devil, Hasatan, Gadrael, 
I'm going to, you know, just put out there for, you know, Marissa's program as a, a starter scripture, which we're kind of a weird program because we start with warfare right, right off the bat. And the reason that I go right to warfare is because you're already in the war when you're out there using and, and in the world and, and all of that. You're already in the war. <clears throat> the, the challenge is, is you don't have any armor. You don't have any battle gear. You're not equipped. You don't know how to fight. So you're getting the snot beat out of you out there. You're getting totally hammered on, and you don't know how to protect yourself. All of the answers are within the scriptures, which is why our program is a, a set-apart scripture step program because the scriptures have the answers as to how to get equipped, how to fight. So I'm going to say that one of the things outside of the calls that Marissa has as an assignment of being in transformed is that she needs to read Ephesians 6 every day sometime after the call. So, you know, a little break after the call, you know, have some breakfast, take a shower, do whatever. But then sometimes still early in the morning, you know, don't wait till afternoon. Uh, pray in Ephesians 6. You know, and for that matter, if, if you're going to be in prayer and meditation before the call starts, if you are getting up that early, then grab Ephesians 6 even before the call. And periodically we can go back and we can read it again as a group. But right now, to read it for yourself, Marissa, is probably one of the best things you can do because it's an instruction. It's Torah. In the Yeshuic covenant brought forth by Shaul the Shaliach, Paul the Apostle, he is telling us an instruction here. He's saying, put on the full armor of Yah. Okay? And then it's repeated in 6.13, therefore put on the full armor of Yah, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. So we have to be able to figure out how to live a life, how to go through a day without letting the devil get the best of us. And I found this formula as to be one of the number one things that you can teach a brand new person is how to get equipped, how to put the battle gear on and get ready to fight another day. Because every day has a, a new battle. And when you're putting on the full armor of Yah, you're actually allowing him to fight with you, to be there right with you, and to get it done. Because to try to do it yourself, 
is the problem. You're not going to do this yourself. You cannot do this yourself and ever win. And that's why some people are so wore out. They try to tell me, you know, about their relationship with Yah and try to make it like they got some great relationship with Yah, but yet they're getting the snot beat out of them in life. It's like, no, that's a, that's a telltale sign right there. You probably don't have as good a relationship as what you realize. Because if you had a better relationship, you probably would not be going through this beat-up scenario and losing and feeling like a loser and feeling exhausted and frustrated and everything else. Right now, my battle is the battle, the, the worst thing is how am I going to wake up today? How am I going to wake up tomorrow? That's about the worst thing, which is a, a residue or a consequence of my past. And you'll have many of them, Marissa and anybody else that's hearing this as instructional shachma or wisdom, you need to realize there will be residue from your using of the unmanageability, the chaos, the insanity, the craziness, of everything that goes with it, it's going to affect you for years to come. Whether that be with your family, your friends, your children, they are going to be much more affected than what you realize, especially as they are a little bit older, you know, and can really remember where was mom in my life. You don't realize when you let someone else raise your child all the feelings that that child goes through. I do. You know, my mother was locked up in a mental institution. She didn't let us be raised by someone else. We were taken away from her because she was an unfit mother. And the feelings that you go through as a child with that are extremely severe. It'll mess you up big time. Mine was an obvious, my mom hates me, my mom doesn't love me, and that's a very sick, evil mindset, stronghold to break. It's very hard. It's very hard to break that. And in some ways, it's like, well, was it really a mindset or was it true? Did your mom really hate you? She said she hated you, you know. So to try to break that as a little boy off of yourself, mommy hates me. And then to top it off, I felt my dad hated me because he would get so angry with me as I went into addiction as a, as a young person the things he said about me were so nasty. The death he declared over me was so horrible that I was already feeling like a piece of garbage, and now he's enforcing it or reinforcing it on a regular basis. And then I got a stepmother that did the same thing, probably one of the most negative people that I've ever had in my life. So I didn't get a positive coach 
to try to break the mindsets, the strongholds. I had negative coaches all through my teen years, so I never was able to break the little boy that was, you know, five and six and seven and eight. So we have to deal with a past, a present, and a future. And one of the best ways to do that is to master Ephesians 6. So I start people with this because what I tell them is for the first 30 days, they should read it. But really what I'm really trying to say is pray it. If you can turn Ephesians 6 more into a prayer than a scripture study, if you could make it a decree and a declare, in fact, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give Marissa a spot so she can speak these things openly on the line. We're going to give her a spot in the format somewhere. We'll just call on her, make sure she's awake and not sleeping. And we're going to have her read it and actually learn to pray it over the next 30 days. So the first day of April 2022 is coming. So what we're saying is every day through the month of April 2022, she ain't going to be a fool. She's going to be wise. She's going to stop being a fool. She's going to stop being someone who the devil has been getting right away, early on, early in the morning, comes on in, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, your allergies, blah, blah, blah. So as soon as that sickness for me comes at me, it's like, oh, you, you need more rest. Oh, you need to sleep. Oh, you, you're going you're gonna to have to take the day off. You're going to have to call everybody and cancel all your appointments. Oh, you can't do nothing. And whether Marissa realizes that that same thing that starts tempting and speaking evil into my mind that attack from outside, because he's not from within, because I've cast him out already. But he tries to come in, and, and a lot of times when you're sleeping, you're at your most vulnerable point of when the enemy can get in. And that's something to be aware of so you can change that, because you can actually make your rest really, really good by having some soft praise music going on in the background nonstop. And Scribe can work on some of those meditation-type loops that are three, four hours long, you know, and get some of that kind of stuff prepared as well. And, you know, that's not a bad idea for any of us, by the way. Uh, if you're having troubles being invaded in your dreams, with evil attacks by the enemy, um, it doesn't even have to have words. 
because that sometimes can be kind of challenging when the words are coming in and maybe even a little dialogue. No, it can be actually like elevator music with no words, but it may be old faith-based songs that are playing, like, you know, old Michael W. Smith stuff with no words, because that stuff can really grab a hold of your heart. And you can change the, where he says, Lord, you can say, yeah, you know, or the Lord, you can say Yahweh, you know, you can change all that. So you don't have to get caught up in any of the bad things about a song, but reading the Ephesians six, that's, that's going to be one of the first assignments here that we're going to start now. So open up your open up your text, Marissa, and let's read Ephesians six today. But I want you to start to turn it into a decree and a declare. I want you to start to turn it into a prayer so that you can start to fight the good fight. You can start to come against the enemy with all the weapons of warfare armored up and ready to kick the devil in the face because he sure is ready to do everything he can to kick you in the face. He's going to actually likewise do everything that he can to try to make this helping you a big burden for the Prats. That's that's what the enemy's game is right now, is to make this a very heavy load for them. And he's going to be telling them and trying to convince them, it's too much, you can't handle it, and you need to quit. You need to stop, forget it. You're a loser. You can't, you can't help anybody. What makes you think you can make a difference in anybody's life? You're a loser yourself. You've never even overcome half this stuff yourself yet. Who do you think you are? These are all the things the enemy will play on any one of us. And if you think I'm just picking on Scott and Kim Pratt right now, I'm not because I went through it all myself. Who do you think you are? You got all these problems and you think you're going to help somebody else? Forget it. Quit. Quit while you're ahead. When everybody finds out how bad of a sinner you still are, wow. They're going to really question who, how you can do any 12-step work, how you can be helping anybody. And I went through this in my early 20s. But I didn't know in my early 20s how to equip myself. It wasn't until I went to the UPC ABC where I eventually took the Pratts, which was the Apostolic Bible Church. That's the ABC, right? When I went to the Apostolic Bible Church, although they had a lot of false doctrines and false teachings, there was enough good that happened there that progressed me forward. There was enough scripture that was being taught that I could sink my teeth into. And that's the only positive thing we can really say about, you know, churches or congregations that are not teaching a full truth. We try here as best as we can to always be 
in a full truth. We are a love for truth, studying sacred scripture seriously kind of place. That's the environment we want to create here. And we challenge anybody that disagrees to confront us, to rebuke us, to correct us. We want correction. We're asking for correction. If we're not reading this right, if we're not seeing this right, if we don't got this right, please try to show us scripturally, accurately, where we are not right. Because we are called to righteousness or rightness. We've got to get it right. And that's all we want. So... This rockism really brings forth to me an Ephesians 6 experience. And I was taught that back then at that time that I needed to stand for what was right. And again, that's the the rockism today is standing for rightness. I had to learn to stand for rightness. And uh, it's Annalia's birthday today, by the way. Um, I was trying to get back to the rockism on Facebook where I have a lot of these because I don't have them in order yet and I don't have everything written out with them yet in the right places which is bad on me it's what I'm trying to teach Scott Pratt not to do Uh, so do as I tell you not as I screw up and do myself Um, isn't that what parents are supposed to always tell their kids don't repeat my mistakes (laughs) you know so anyway uh I lost the rockism, but it's it's little Annalia's birthday. And this is a little girl that when she was little, she was going through a lot with her mother and father. So I just, you know, really want you to lift her in prayer that any of those strongholds that would have been developed during that struggle as a little girl, that they would be broken, that all curses would come off that she would not have any of that stuff inside her in her innermost being any longer because she's a a sweet little girl. And Sand and I love the Cotton family big time. And uh, those children are are very precious to us. And um, we want the best for them they've come out of some really hardcore stuff. So definitely add that to your prayer list and you get a chance to wish little Analea in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a happy birthday. That would probably really, really mean a lot to her. All right. Yeah, I was battling with another one that I almost did, and I just got past that, and then I decided not to do that one. Okay, here it is. Again, August 6th, 2020. If you're not standing for rightness, 
by default, you're kneeling and bowing down to wrongness. A rockism by rock rice. Okay, so we've got to be standing. Because if we don't stand, and that's what these scriptures, Ephesians 6, 1 Peter 5, 9, but resist the devil, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So everybody is struggling to have to resist the enemy and to be firm in their faith. Everybody's going through this. We've got to learn to stand. We've got to learn to stand for what's right or righteousness or rightness. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of Yahweh. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.27, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news of Yeshua so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one ruach with one mind, striving together for the faith of the good news. So obviously we can see several instructions here about standing firm. And that's what we're trying to say here, is you've got to stand firm for what's right, for righteousness. 1 Corinthians 16:13. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the face. Act like men. Be strong. So... Abba Yah never wanted any of us, male or female, to be weak. He always wanted us to be strong, but he wanted us to find our strength in him. In and of ourselves, we will be defeated every time. We must always remember this hardcore truth. We cannot, in and of ourselves, ever defeat devils. No matter how much of a tough guy we think we are, he will get the best of us. Fighting in your flesh is not fun. It's exhausting. Fighting in the Ruach and having that sword that we find and discover in the Ephesians 6 that Marissa is about to read Once we know how to use that sword, which really, if you understand this, using the sword that is in Ephesians 6 is decree and declare. Because you should be speaking the word. The word should become your word, your word, your sword, your sword, your sword. S-W-O-R-D, your sword is the word. And when you learn to wield that sword as a warrior, as a fighter, 
you not only will be able to defeat devils for yourself, but you'll be the assistant or the hands and feet of Abba Yah to defeat devils in other people's lives, which is what we're doing, all of us collectively. We all got swords out right now, and we're fighting battles for Marissa. We're fighting battles for her while we're trying to teach her how to fight for herself. And that is set apart scripture step 12 type of work or ministry. Those works are not optional. Those are things we're actually told we're supposed to do. Yeshua didn't say in Matthew Yahoo 28, make disciples those of you that are apostles. Yeshua didn't say in Matthew 28, make disciples those of you that are pastors or shepherds. Yeshua didn't say in Matthew 28, make disciples those of you that are teachers. Yeshua didn't say in Matthew 28, make disciples those of you that are evangelists. Yeshua didn't say in Matthew 28, make disciples those of you that are prophets or prophetesses. He didn't leave the making disciples only for those that are of those offices, those chosen spots in the kingdom call. He was speaking to everybody to make disciples. We should all be working together to do what? Make students, make followers. What's probably going to be the biggest revelation for Marissa is she's going to probably realize, if she hasn't already, that going through Transformed Recovery in is like going to an intense boot camp school training course uh, that she's never really probably experienced as intensive teaching is what she's going into. Now, we've started out slow because we didn't want her to be freaking out and have the rebellion come up. So we've kind of just let her get settled into the household here. For the last couple of days, we've been pretty light on just letting her get comfortable in the new environment. But now we're going to get her pretty uncomfortable in an area that a lot of people grow up and they hate school. They hate learning, especially drug addicts. I found that we get real rebellious, like, you ain't going to tell me what to do. And that rebellion that's in us is what has to be broken for us to be a disciple, for us to be the Hebrew or Aramaic, actually, Galal or Galilee. Galal means committed, and Talmidi means disciple. Committed disciple. Galal, Talmidi, if we're talking about plural, there's always a yim at the end. So when you hear Shemaim, and it never says Shemayi, so there's not heaven ever in Scripture. It's always yim. It's always plural. 
So it's the same thing with this is, except for there is speaking of one disciple or speaking of many disciples, it's either Talmudi or Talmudim. So what we're going to do is we're going to work on this non-committed. She's never been committed. Marissa's never been a committed disciple that I've ever seen because she can't consistently do really anything. So these disciplines that Scribe is going to be teaching in a military-type fashion to teach her how to be a good soldier and put on the full armor is going to be one of the crucial transformational changes that she's going to be able to have a testimony in the future to be able to tell others, wow, I didn't know what I was getting into when I started, but, and I didn't believe I could do it. I didn't think I could do it. I thought I was des destined for failure, but eventually it started sinking in, and eventually I started learning these new skills because I worked at it day by day, and I got a little better and a little better and a little better until all of a sudden, just like driving, Marissa was horrible at driving when I first taught her how to drive. In fact, several other people tried to teach her how to drive, and they gave up because they were too scared to get in the car with her. But I got with her, and I was very long-suffering, patient, you know, did, did my deal, and asked Abba Yah. I prayed pretty hard before I got there because I knew she was struggling. But what happened was she got a little better and a little better and a little better. So I know if she can get better at driving, which, by the way, to, to be better at driving, we cannot put any mind or mood-altering substances in our body. That's the first clue to be a good driver is you cannot impair your mind in any way, shape, or form because what it does is it slows down reaction time which means you may be hitting a brake on a car anywhere from a half a second to three seconds late. Could be even worse than that. You might not hit the brake at all, and bam, you hit something. Because you don't have any reaction time because you're out of it. You're wasted. You shouldn't be behind the wheel at all. And that goes back to that LSD that I was telling you about where you know, I felt stupid for a long time. My reaction time when someone would ask me, how you doing? Or whatever was really slow and everything was so challenging just to think was a big deal. It's not like the snappy mind that I have today. At 57 years old, I have no cognitive issues whatsoever. I am so grateful that Abba Yah let me get away with a consequence of mere allergies rather than having Dane Bramage so bad that I would not be able to think right today because your mind is one of the most important things that you have. If every other body part failed, but you were still able to think and speak, or at least think and communicate somehow, 
you still have an incredible life ahead of you because your mind is the most powerful thing within your body. Your mind is the very essence of your soul. Your soul is made up of mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. And the way that we handle that responsibility of a mind and taking care of it and everything that we do is very, very important. So therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown in this way, stand firm in Yahweh, my beloved. So again, in Philippians 4, stand firm. Stand firm. We have to realize that Yah's fingerprints are all over our lives. And he wants us to be strong, not weak. He wants us to stand firm, not falter. When he said to Gideon, go forth, O mighty man of valor, Gideon doubted when he told Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah or Yana, he doubted. When Yah told Kephar, Peter, that you would fall and deny me, when the cock crowed the third time, he got that reality because he doubted that the prophecy, the word that was given to him by Yeshua himself, he doubted whether it was true. He said, no, I won't. I'll stand. But when the battle came and the rubber met the road, Kepha fell. Samson doubted the calling that was on his life, and he wasted his entire life. I think, this is my, my personal viewpoint, he wasted his entire life. He was supposed to do much greater things than he ever did. But he squandered the gift, the talent that Abba Yah gave him. Because when the battles came, not the physical battles, he had plenty of strength. But the battlefield of the mind was lost by Samson. It was lost by Yana. It was lost by many, many, many of these people. As we read Set Apart Scripture Step 5 each night, we hear all these failures. Why did they lose the battle? Why did they lose the fight? Now, they didn't lose the overall war, but they lost a bunch of battles, and you're not going to lose the war either. You're going to win the war with Abba Yah, but you've got to make a decision. I've lost enough battles now. It's time for me to start winning over sinning. I'm going to start winning these battles. I'm going to start having a much better life when I do that. So let's go ahead and let's read Ephesians 6 this morning as the first time. 
And let's continue each day, Scott Scribe Pratt, Shaliach Havahaba, to bring Marissa on to be able to read that. And then if she wants to just, you know, say a few things that are pressed on her heart, we'll give her an opportunity to open up a little bit each day, not to have a sermon, not to have a half an hour message, but just maybe to say a couple of things in the morning as to what Yah's doing in her heart. Maybe the wake-up call that is going on, maybe she is really hearing the shofar and waking up. I'm hoping that's what's going on. I'm hoping that you're hoping with me. I'm hoping you're praying with me because we want to make an impact collectively as a Achad body, as an Achad family, a Mishpaka, a one Yah fam, we want to come together in agreement that she is going to defeat devils, that she is going to become strong, powerful, mighty, before the sight of her king, and that the demons will tremble when they see Marissa walk into a room because she's so powerfully anointed. I see that for her. The challenge we probably have right now is for her to see that for herself. And if you've been not seeing it, then you guys got to become better visionaries because I try to see that for every one of you guys that every one of you out there is going to overcome. That's what I'm about. I'm a transformer. I'm an overcomer. And therefore, i got to share what he's done in me, my testimonies, my rock-bottom reality truths that he has given me, lessons of life to be able to share with others so they can win over sin. I've got to teach people how to stand. And if you're standing for rightness, by default, if you're not standing for rightness, by default you're kneeling and bowing down to wrongness. A rockism by rock rice. Well, Scratch? Take it away. You're leading well. I appreciate you being such a great Yaje for Yahweh and handling things as I'm uh, overcoming these physical challenges. Well, I really appreciate that. Here is Marissa with Ephesians 6. Hallelujah. We're going to overcome together today. Ephesians Chapter 6, HRB. Children, obey your parents in Yahweh, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment that they promise. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but nurture them in the discipline and teaching of our master. Slaves, obey your masters according to the to flesh, with reverence and trembling and singleness of your heart, 
as to Messiah, not with eye service as hypocrites, but as slaves of Messiah, doing the will of our Master from the heart, serving as slaves with goodwill to our Masters, and not as to men, each one knowing that whatever good thing he does, this he shall receive from the Master, whether he is a slave or a free man. And Masters do the same things towards them, forgiving their faults, knowing the Master of you and of them is in heaven, and there is no respect of persons with them. For the rest, my brothers, be made powerful in our Master and in the might of his strength, put on all the armor of Yahweh for you to be able to stand it against the strategy, against the strategies of the devil. For our conflict is not with flesh and, and blood, but with the principalities and with those in authority and with the possessors of this dark world and the evil spirits that are beneath heaven. Because of this, take up all the whole armor of Elohim that you may be able to resist the evil one and being prepared you shall prevail. Then stand firm, having girded your loins about the truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And defend your feet with the preparation of the good news of peace, above all, taking up the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. Hallelujah. Also put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Ruach, which is the word of Yahweh. Through all prayer and petition, praying at all times in the Spirit and watching to the same thing with, with all perseverance and petition concerning all things. Pray also for me that to me may be given speech in the opening of my mouth with boldness to make known the mystery of the good news, for which I am an ambassador in the chain, and that in it I may speak boldly as it is right for me to speak, but that you may also know the things about me, what I am doing, Tychus, the beloved brother and faithful minister and our master, will make knowing all things to you. Whom I, whom I sent to you for this same thing, that you might know the things about us, and he may comfort your, your heart. Peace to the brothers in love with faith from Yahweh the Father and the Master Yeshua Messiah. Grace be with all those that love our Master Yeshua Messiah without corruption. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like. I, I don't think I've really ever read this this version on this Bible before, so it's something that I'll look forward to reading in the mornings with everyone here. So, yeah, it's not every day that I put the armor on, but it's important to remember this, especially this time of. In the past, you have to put it on. Yeah, and. You're forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I realized the last few days I wasn't putting it on either. That Satan tries to mess with our minds and sure. come in at different areas, but we have to be more understanding and with a different mind. myself for um, 
Yahweh has me doing this program for a reason. But the good good thing to start with every morning is putting the um, putting the armor on in Ephesians six. Yeah, without the armor, then we're not gonna not gonna get very far. That's when the enemy wants to try to come in through his different tactics to make you think that you can't you can't get there with yeah wait. So there's a lot of times where the also talk about the mind and how much salvation when the enemy speaks lies a lot. And he tries to do different things like you were talking about earlier, how he's gonna make lies through the 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 past. And we have to remember that we put our armor on and then as I was also praying for the um, like single mindedness for the not to hear the voice of the enemy. That's part of this um program is to remember this. To be mindful in where um Yahweh wants us and not where the where Tan wants us today and every day. So that to be it helps me be be remind, reminded of um put my put my armor on and letting letting Yahweh lead instead of my own my own thoughts and not let the enemy try to trick our trick my mind into saying, Oh, I don't need to do the armor today or I don't need to read. So it's always good to have those times to reflect on that getting back to this version of HRB which is pretty good to look into it into this perspective and this scripture. So something I'll look to be able to look forward to reading in the morning. Getting more into the HRB word instead of the other other words that they have in different versions of Bibles. So, hallelujah, and we, we, we thank you for your armor and your protection today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Marissa. That was fantastic. Beautiful way to start the day. Um, one of the things, just a quick side note, one of the things that was interesting is last night Mike Despite came over um, after RIP 2.0, and uh, Marissa and Mike got to, got to meet again, and Marissa had noticed a set of eyes on a shirt that Mike was wearing, <laughs> uh, a cat size of some sort, and the tattoos are an addiction for a lot of people, um, some worse than others. I've got a few myself, but I noticed there's one scripture that specifically speaks of tattoos in the Bible, and what the Ruach hit me with as I was reading that, um, it's Leviticus 19.28. And I don't know why it hit the way it did, but it's actually, it wasn't the verse itself that actually hit me. It's what was given to me afterwards. And the verse itself only reads that you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead and you shall not put on yourself any etched tattoo writing or markings. I am Yahweh. Okay, now we're supposed to take this word and have it written in our heart. We're supposed to take these instructions and have them written on our heart. 
if we don't take that word with us beyond where our word, our physical Bible is sitting on the table that we just got done reading, if we don't take it with us, aren't we intentionally, if we don't do it intentionally, aren't we detracting, aren't we subtracting from the active living instruction that that Abba Yah wants to be for us? That that, That just struck me last night. And I think I really think it comes into play here. So, hallelujah. Back to rock. I was pretty much, uh, I already passed it off to you, so. Oh, did you? Uh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, you. Music or not, or. Well, yeah, usually at the end of everything, there's always a song in between, and then. Uh, if we're at the point for Stan to uh, wrap it up with a promise, then let's do it. All right. Um, I actually haven't done my teaching yet, but we can do that tomorrow. Um, no, go ahead and do your teaching. I don't know why you didn't do it, um, but, you know, because it, it's already get really late, you know. So I mean, this this is actually the this is actually the meeting time that Sand and I are supposed to be able to do one hour of business before she punches in to her time clock, and she's on a really intense schedule with work right now. So she's she's got to she's got to start on time and and keep things cranking. So uh, we really gotta gotta get the teachings out earlier. Um, so if I you know, I'm not taking that first spot, then you and Yami got to get in that first spot, you know, and uh, the the worship music has to start before the call, which, you know, for you guys is actually pretty late because that's two hours after it is for us. So, uh, you know, nothing wrong with you guys having music going, you know, ahead of time, and you can put that on, on the line, and you know, get the prayer going, get everything going, okay, get a couple coffees, prayer. get a couple coffees in you, and uh, and take it away. But remember, when you're starting at six thirty-seven, we're starting at four thirty-seven. So if we start a half an hour early with some music, it's only six oh seven for you guys, but it's four oh seven for us. So okay, it's a big, I big. I can't, I, I can't. I cannot respond to this right now because it would not be right. Okay. This wasn't the time for this. I will do my teaching. I'll make it quick, and then we'll and then we'll get. We'll well, you, wrap it you up. don't have to. You don't have to make it quick. I'm just trying to tell you that we want to have. We want to have ourselves wrapping up at nine o'clock your time. Oh, trust me, We're, I understand that. Okay, a little bit of heads up that you weren't going to be on. Even a text message would have been awesome. I was sleeping. I did not have my alarm go off because my phone, the the only phone that had alarms still set was the phone that went dead, which is on a charger in the other room right now. So I did not even have an alarm. I woke up because of San's alarm. Okay. You know, so, and I'm not going to minimize, rationalize, or justify. I'm just going to tell you. Because I haven't been feeling well, I got four phones and I shut all the other alarms off. The only one that had alarms on 
is the one that went off today, went dead. But I already, I already turned all the alarms back on this morning while Yami was teaching. I was turning all my alarms back on so that I don't fail tomorrow again. I already know I failed, but you know if you wanna, we wanna have it in the recording, okay? Hey everybody, Rock failed. Rock is struggling with his allergies. What's that? No, I don't want it in the recording. Well, it already is. So we we got that settled now. So take it away. Okay, we're going to be looking at Proverbs fifteen fifteen to eleven. or 11 to 15, rather. Sheol and destruction are before Yahweh, even more the hearts of the sons of men. A scorner does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. Amos 5.10, Amos 5.10 to 14. They hate him who rebukes him in the gate, and they despise him who, speak, who speaks uprightly. So because of your trampling on the poor, and you take, take tribute of grain from him, you have built houses of hewn stones, but you shall not dwell in them. You have planted desirable vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them, for I know your many transgressions and your many sins, distressing the just, taking of a bribe, and turning aside the poor in the gate. So the understanding one goes, or shall keep silent in that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil that you may live, so Yahweh, the Elohim of hosts, shall be with you as you have spoken. Uh, Proverbs fifteen thirteen: A joyful heart makes a good face, but grief of the heart, is, but by grief of the heart, the spirit, the ruach is stricken. Proverbs fifteen fourteen: The heart of a wise one seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. And I'm getting through the scripture verses, so I can kind of, kind of try to move through this. Um, the point of it is everything remains before Yahweh. Everything remains in front of him. Um, Yahweh looks at and sees all things like Sheol and the souls that are there. Those are in front of him. He has, he has to contend with those memories. I mean, obviously they're not memories for him. It's reality for him. And as much as that saddens him to have to witness his creation in those places, his stauncher, his heavier focus is on the sons of man that aren't there. His goal is to try to figure out a way to keep humanity, humanity out. Now, obviously, he's already sent Yeshua, um, not as of you know, the book of Proverbs, but the intention was there. He knew that Yeshua was going to be on scene and was going to accomplish the task that was put before it. That's not the question. The question is, what do we, what as humanity do we learn from this as far as believing Yahweh that what he said has already happened, it's already transpired, it's going to, going to continue to happen, until the close of the age. 
again, you know, Second Peter three nine says Yahweh is not negligent concerning his promises, as some count negligence, but is patient towards us, not wishing any to perish but all to come to repentance. Okay. If we're too busy scorning, if we're so full of ourselves scorning those that would teach righteousness, that would teach set-apartness, that would teach on the things of Shamaim. Then we're just punching our own ticket to hell because sooner or later Yahweh's going to get tired of putting up with it or life is just going to catch up with us. And, you know, like Rock was saying, with all the things that he'd done, you know, when, when he was younger, all the things I've done, um, sooner or later, the body's just not going to keep up, and it's going to shut down. And the ultimate punishment, now everybody brings up the question, well, you know, Yah knows how many days you've got. He gave us all a specific number of days. You know, he did, but if we cut it short, how can we hold Yah responsible for our actions that caused that caused us to be separated from him and from those we love, leaving those we love with some kind of an errant misconception that Abiyah intended us to die in our sin or at the hands of somebody that's unrighteous through crime or whatever. Okay. Yes, we all have a set number of days. But that set number of days, while it's not out of Elohim's plan, okay, he didn't create anybody to live a short number of days. I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining that right because it is it is one of those mysteries of salvation that I think Marissa was reading about in Ephesians six. Um, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things that I just, I just pray, Abiyah, that you would uh, continue to help us understand the deeper, weightier matters of the salvation you provide on every level of our experience. Hallelujah, and Amen. We're going to break and then come back with Sam with a promise. Hallelujah.
high above all lands and His glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is seated now on high? Who looks far down on the heavens? Praise the Lord, praise all servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Be, be the name of the Lord from this time and forevermore. He raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ashes. To make them sit with princes, sit with princes of his people. Joyous mother now Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Praise the Lord, praise O servants of the Lord Praise the name of the Lord Blessed be, be The name of the Lord From this time and forevermore Praise the Lord Hallelujah. Stan, if you are there and you're ready, we'd love to have it. Yep, hallelujah. So today's promise comes from John, chapter 15, verse 10. Hallelujah. And it says, If you keep my commandments, you will continue in my love, as I have kept my Father's commandments and continue in his love. So, you know, at first glance, it doesn't look like a promise. It looks like a commandment. But it's also a, a promise because we love Yahweh. We love Yeshua. We desire to keep his commandments. And what his promise is to us, I mean, he, we already know. He's going to love us no matter what. But to experience his love more deeply that comes with relationship with him. That comes with engaging him through reading the word, through prayer, through obedience, really. Because the the more we seek him, the more we find him. And Yeshua can't abide with sin. So that's why obedience is so important, so that he that we can enjoy his presence with us. Um, to abide. Now, it doesn't use the word abide in this in this version, but it is in others. In this one, it says, my father's commandments, and I'll just read it again. If you keep my commandments, you will continue in my love. 
as I have kept my father's commandments and continue in his love. So this one says continue in his love, which is also abide, which is to remain in, to stay in that love. And we know that his love is perfect. And outside of his love, there is, you know, let's say, outside of his perfect love, we don't have joy, we don't have peace or shalom, we are really kind of lost. So what he's saying is that we are to emulate what Yeshua done with his father. He is a disciple of Yahweh and we are to be disciples of Yeshua and follow what he did. And when we do this, we already know his love is never ending. And it's a joyful sense of being when we are abiding in him. His will and his purpose is known to us. It's at the forefront of our mind. We have clear guidance when we hear from him. And that's the point of, you know, being in obedience and following after him is that we attain those things. We get that clear guidance. We get that, that uh, I don't want to say feel, but we get to experience his unconditional love in a way that is so personal to each one of our lives. Like when he shows you something in scripture that, you know, you never noticed before and that you've never heard before. That's him showing his love to you because you've been obedient to him by studying his word, by reading it. I mean, he couldn't have done that if you hadn't been seeking him. And those are his expressions of his love towards us. And he, he'll never stop doing that. His love never stops. And we cannot even measure his love because it's so deep. And the, the more we seek, the more we find. The, you know, the deeper that we go in relationship with him, we find that it's, it's the all-consuming fire. It just never stops. So we can abide in him, in his love, knowing that it's steadfast and true, and knowing that it's never going to run out and he will love us forever. So the, the scripture again is, if you keep my commandments, you will continue in my love as I have kept my father's commandments and continue in his love. Yeshua is the perfect example. He's given us the pathway to perfect joy, perfect shalom, and really an overcoming life. That's his promise to us, and he did it by example. So hallelujah. Thank you, Yah, for your good word. Thank you for reminding us of how deep your love is for us, how how it's never-ending and everlasting and 
that it has st- stood the test of time and it will forever and ever. So thank you that when we seek we seek you, we find you and that you're there and that you'll always meet us where we are and give us more and more and more of you as we draw closer to you, you draw closer to us. So I pray that we remember today that to continue in your love, we must follow your example and that we keep our eyes fixed on you and that we go about our day in a in a calm, peaceful, loving attitude with the fruit of the Ruach ruling and reigning in our lives as we know there is no law against such things. Hallelujah. So thank you for your word and thank you for loving us and uh, saving us from ourselves. In Yeshua's name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Stan. You have been listening to Love Live Rock Remnant Reality Radio. Praise, pray, decree, and declare with Shalayak Rock, Shalaya Stan, Shalaya Yami, and Scribe. So, hallelujah. Hope you all have a beautiful day, and we will see you at the same time tomorrow. This is Praises, Praises of Israel to close us out.
Yeshua. 